Welcome to the Playing Hooky Podcast with your hosts, Rachel and Nathan, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. And go. Welcome, everybody, to the Playing Hooky Podcast. My name is Rachel. I'm Nathan. And we are bringing this podcast to you today live from our dining room the day after Thanksgiving. I'm feeling fat and happy. Nathan, are you fat and happy? It's live from Chicago. It's Friday night. Uh, I am fat and happy. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm less fat and less happy today. However, we just did have additional dessert. We did. We had dessert before dinner. Um, you mm. made a delicious like lime bar. Yeah. Uh, because I went to Costco and Nate's like, I need limes for Thanksgiving dinner. And then I went to Costco and get the limes, and he was like, not that many limes. <laughs> so he decided to use all of the limes that he could and make a dessert, and we had lime bars, which is like a delicious lemon bar, but with a limey flavor mm-hmm. instead of lemon. Um, and he made the shortbread himself, and yeah. the, the lime curd himself, and baked it. It was delicious. I feel yeah. very spoiled. And I did some rough math on how many calories were in a bar, and I don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah, it was really weird because... Um, you know, I've, I've been cooking for a while and I, I won't go so far as to say that like, I'm a, I'm a chef. Like I, I can fuck some stuff up, you know, I can make some good food here and there, but like, I pretty much know like what to look for when a thing is done being cooked or mm-hmm. like, you know, I know when the onion is properly chopped or whatever, but with baking, I, I, I was basically flying blind. Mm. I was like, is this how this dough is supposed to look? Mm-hmm. And I just had to go off of like complete and utter instinct mm. and they managed to turn out good. I don't know if that's how they were supposed to taste or what that, if that was the texture that they were supposed to be, but they were pretty damn good. They were really good. And I think your instincts are sound. I think like with many things that uh, to do with art or crafting or making things or building things, you're, you're very talented. You're very skilled. I think the reason why you're a good painter and a good um, drawer, drawer. Uh, and a good writer is because you have a very artistic side of your brain. It's very active. It's very popping. Uh, thank you. And it pops over into your cooking, too. And I'm like the spoiledest, most spoiled girl ever because you made a delicious Thanksgiving dinner. You made pasole. Yeah. I, I made a good Thanksgiving dinner that wasn't turkey and stuffing and mm-hmm. all that. Neither one of us really likes turkey. And I don't mind Thanksgiving-type foods mm-hmm. except... I kind of do because I really hate rosemary. Like it's I, something, I, whatever, you know, you hear people talk about how they don't like cilantro because it tastes like soap to them. And you're like, I can't imagine someone not liking cilantro. Well, I must be like that, but for rosemary. So like any kind of Thanksgiving stuffing, anything that's got that flavor in it. A lot of times Italian seasoning that have a lot of rosemary in it, I can't even mm-hmm. fuck with. So I, I don't love a lot of Thanksgiving foods anyway. Yeah. And it was just the two of us this year. We were being safe, um, quarantining, and all that business. So Nate made a special stew, pasole. It, yeah, well, it's definitely a soup, but I appreciate you calling it I think it a it's stew. a stew. No, nah, it's a soup. I think if you look up pasole and the translation is stew. Uh, well, I don't care. <laughs> okay. No. Well, whatever. I it's mean, whatever. Maybe it's a stew, a, a stew, but it's brothy. So, yeah, it's to brothy. me, the definition, and maybe my definition is wrong, but to me, a stew, a stew, a stew is more gravy, and a soup is more broth. Okay. Well, according to Wikipedia, Hold on. I need you okay. to do me a favor. Right, yeah. and I need you to adjust your your hat and yeah. you know shake your neck beard real quick. 
and then well, actually me. Okay. Well, actually, Wikipedia says that pozole is a Spanish uh, or traditional Mexican soup or stew. Well, this one was soup because it was broth. Okay. It was it was very brothy. Fine. But whatever, it was good. Either way, all technicalities aside, mm-hmm. who cares? Because it was good. It was really good. Um, also. In the sort of crafting of this dinner yesterday, I was posting some pictures on Instagram, and one of those pictures was a giant can, like huge, massive can of hominy, Mm -hmm. uh, which was an ingredient in the pasole. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had hominy before. I don't uh, think that they make it in a can smaller than that. I think they only sell them in giant in giant cans. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, maybe like the you know Mexican brand like Perita or whatever it is. Um, but like, how many was something that my grandparents enjoyed when I was growing up, and that a lot of my family in the South ate. And uh, like, I know that like how many and how many grits and grits tend to be more of like a Southern thing. But it's not like you can go to a restaurant in the north and find grits on a menu like in a mm-hmm. breakfast for a breakfast place um and so i thought like most people knew what grits were people from the south at a minimum would know what hominy was mm-hmm. um and and i just assumed that like i just wrongfully assumed that like yeah, all white people know what grits and hominy are <laughs> yeah. because uh. all the white people I grew up around did. And then it became like apparent to me that many white people didn't know what hominy was, specifically those to our northern neighbors in Canada. Um, and and uh, I, I posted that picture and one of my friends from grad school who lives, I think, uh, nearish Toronto area now, or at least in Ontario, um, she messaged me. <laughs> And she like on the picture of hominy. She's like, "What the hell is this?" And I was like, <laughs> "I mean, it's hominy. Like, it's it's a corn product. It's processed corn that the way they process it, it makes it like spongy and kind of puffy, and it's delicious." And she's like, "I've never heard of this before." And I was like, "Well, like, have you ever had a tamale? Like, tamale, the masa is made out of hominy. Like, it mm-hmm. smells the same. It kind of tastes the same as that as like the outside of a tamale." And she goes. Toronto is not known for its tamales. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. Is this something that like only like Americans and like people from like Latin and Central America know about? And then I was like, so I like put it up on Twitter and I was like Canadian people, like whatever. And then like a couple people messaged and one of them, like one of them is like a guy who listens to um, all of Nathan's podcasts. He messaged me and he was like, yeah, or, or he replied and he's like, yeah, no, I've, I've never, I've heard of grits. I've never heard of hominy. I have a vague understanding of what grits are. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> Canadians, you are missing out. Hominy is delicious. Uh, different cultures will cook it differently, um, whether it's like, you know, Mexican or Mexican American Tex Mex, uh, African American, Southern white. Everybody eats hominy. Everybody eats grits. Everybody will cook them just a little bit differently. Like, if you fucking go to New Orleans and you mm-hmm. get grits, those will be the best grits you've ever had in your whole life. Because the Creole kind of like Cajun way of cooking grits, with like cheese and spices, they're like more savory. I feel like the further north you go, the more likely those are to be like similar to like a breakfast, yeah. kind of like maybe sweet rather That's than That's how I had them, you know, when yeah. I was a kid, they were breakfast. Oh my God, so good. Yeah. Anyway, I, I want, now I want some grits. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, because, um, so we, we have the, we have pasole for dinner. For days and days and days. Um, yeah. Well, so th- I don't know that they, I don't know if they make recipes for smaller versions of it, but if they do, 
it's probably not as good. So yeah, yeah we basically, it, it starts with five quarts of water. Mm. So, and then I, I added an extra quart during the cooking mm-hmm. to keep the broth up. So it's, it's like 12 serving. It's that's the serving suggestion is 12 servings with leftovers. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a fuck ton of, yeah. of pasola. And, 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 uh, I gotta say might be the best, uh, of it I've ever made. So yeah. Well, was, I'm, I really enjoyed it. It was really good, and I can't wait to have leftovers tonight for dinner. I'm very excited. So I'm going to tell the story of how this podcast didn't end up being what it was supposed to be about. Please do. Yeah. So if, while you tell that story, I'm going to get us more coffee. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If you are familiar with this podcast, a couple of episodes ago, we released a schedule, and that schedule indicated that today's episode, we would be reviewing the movie Dutch uh, with Ed O'Neill, and we would be reviewing the um, uh, that other movie with um, The Crucible. Sorry, it came to me right as you said it. And it turns out that the movie Dutch is basically impossible to find. Uh, you can't find it for rent on any streaming service, and you can buy like DVDs of it, but... Everything that I found either used or new was a non-US region DVD and they were all like $60 or more. So for whatever reason, that movie is really hard to find and I didn't anticipate that ahead of time. And um, we could have gotten The Crucible, but I couldn't find another movie to like make up for it. There was another movie that I wanted to get and I think it's called Freaked. And that movie is like a really weird, obscure, um, like kind of cult hit movie that has nothing to do with either of them. I just wanted to watch it. And that one I had the same same uh, issue with. Basically, what it sounds like is you're kind of a hipster and all the movies you're like are like uh, super out of print and like really hard to find. It's definitely not that. Okay. Continue. No. These, I, I don't think that these are like hipster movies. These are movies that were like very popular with kids for two years. Mm. Um, and you know, that's just, you know, when I, stuff that was popular when I was a kid stays with me and you can't find it now. Um, they're not classics. They're, they're the opposite of that. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) so anyways, uh, needless to say, we didn't end up reviewing either of those movies because, you know, we kind of like went back to square one and, um, Rachel wanted me to watch Monsters, Inc. No, that's not how but it that's happened. that's not how it happened. Yeah. Right. No, I, I know, but okay. I, uh, you, here, you take over. Okay, sorry. No, no, you go. <laughs> okay. Well, no, 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 you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> what happened was um, there's been a Blu-ray laying on our uh, you know, TV stand in the living room for like a month, and it's the horror movie Street Trash. And, like, Nate's been wanting to watch it for a while, and, you know, we're together all the time, and it would be weird if one of us started watching a movie without the other one, without the explicit written consent of the other, that, no, I'm not buying into this and going to watch it, and Mm -hmm. it's totally cool. Uh, And and he's like, well, let's, you know, let's watch Street Trash. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So we start watching Street Trash, and then... Well, after the movie's over, we'll get into my thoughts and feelings and trauma from the movie <laughs> in just a few minutes. But well, after the movie's over, like I need a palate cleanser. And I think like the next day, I just, I think I was having like a rough, I was having a rough COVID day. Mm-hmm. Not that I had COVID, but I was just, I was feeling very down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. 
the news was really depressing. The cases are spiking. They're going to implement a new locked or um, you know stay at home order. Uh, the sun's starting to set at four fucking thirty in northern Illinois, and I'm just like, oh, I'm feeling like kind of bluesy, mm-hmm. and I want to go back to something that I found comforting that I really really liked. And I was like, oh, I want you know we're paying for Disney Plus, and I have it on DVD anyway. Mm. Uh, didn't mean to like you know drop a bomb there like I'm special oh, like I have it on DVD yeah. but anyway I was like oh, I kind of want to watch Monsters Inc and Nate was I was like have you ever seen it and he's like no and I was like it's Pixar so there's no singing and he agreed to watch it <laughs> and we watched it and actually I feel like Monsters Inc and Street Trash are pretty good compliments to one another for this <laughs> podcast because they're so far apart on the spectrum but they both sort of are like you know like Monsters Inc is almost like a parody of like you know, yeah. scary monsters right. under the bed or in the closet. And then, you know, street trash is just definitely gar- not just a garbage. monster, movie, not a monster but movie, is, but I mean, you know, maybe is. I was reaching, but I think that they, you know, go yeah, well together. No, it's, it's, it's something that, um, they but, do, they do go together in a roundabout fashion. It's within the theme of this podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's a movie that you love mm-hmm. and it's, a, I, I don't, I hesitate to say I love street trash because I feel like, I feel like anybody that's seen street trash that is like a really sensitive person might get the wrong idea about you or about street (laughs) trash. No, about me. Like, like, um, I like it, but not in an advocacy sort of way. Right. You, you enjoy it perhaps. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. I, I, I like it in the same way that I like the movie Bad Taste or Dead Alive, or if these are movies you haven't seen, I advise you to Google them before you watch. I'm okay. Um, You know, Cannibal Holocaust or, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Reminds me of a conversation I had with my friend Ashley the other day. I was telling her, I was like, I just submitted this short story to this, like, whatever anthology, and I'm excited. I'll let you know if it gets accepted or not. And she's like, oh, and she's like, what's it about? And I'm like, oh, well, it's a horror story. And this particular friend is very, like, particular in what horror she likes and what she doesn't. I was like, it's kind of scary. I was like, I don't know if you would want to read it. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, well, how scary? And I'm like, let me put it this way. Does the idea of how foie gras is made disturb you? Do you find that <laughs> disturbing? And she's like, I literally just found out about this last week. And yes, I find it disturbing. And I was like... And I was like, uh, theme summary, uh, what's a woman's biggest fear during the holidays? Gaining weight, right? Dot, dot, dot. And she's like, please don't tell me anymore. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, it's like, it's gross. Street trash is gross. Street trash is gross on every conceivable level. There, it's bad and it's <clears throat> it's so bad that it's like, I've, uh, it's, I'm not going to say that it's so bad that it's it's good because that's no, no. not true. It's so bad that it's like bad again. It's like it's like bad on every conceivable level. It's yeah, it's like eating a very moldy, stinky cheese, and then like you swallow it, and then after you swallow the cheese, like you're hit with a bad flavor again. Like it comes <laughs> back around. But like it's a French cheese and it's supposed to be moldy. So you're like really cool because you ate the moldy cheese. Yeah. But inside you're like, I don't think I should have eaten that. And I feel like these French people are lying to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. <clears throat> so French people are liars. That'll be what we circle back to later. But um. <laughs> so uh, why don't you give us a little bit of the, uh, the plot of Street Trash? So Street Trash takes place 
in the late 1980s, I want to say 1987, Brooklyn. And um, it centers around a homeless community, uh, lovingly called Bums, I think. In the, in the film. That's, that's probably the nicest word to yeah. use for them. The and, um, you know, the homeless community uh, is, you know, there's a lot of drugs, there's a lot of crime, there's a lot of just, you know, living in squalor. And there is a liquor store um, kind of in this kind of sketchy neighborhood. And the gentleman who owns the liquor store who the writers of the movie went out of their way to let us know was Jewish, um, but in not so polite of terms, uh, you know, is trying to figure out, like, he knows that the the homeless people are stealing from him. He knows they're stealing liquor from his store. So he's trying to find some, like, booze in the back office that he can sell real cheap. Um, yeah. And so he he finds this stuff called Viper that's, like, hidden back and, like, it's, like, you know, like his, like, Imagine that his his great grandfather owned this liquor store and just like shoved this this case of Viper in the back of like some, you know, crawl space. And so he comes across it and he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll sell it to these bums. I'll make it a dollar a piece and I'll put it out front so that if they steal it, I'm not losing yeah. anything. So so he finds it in a nailed up hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. Like someone hid this. Yeah. In in the 30s. We don't know. We don't know. Anyways. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Like maybe someone hid it during prohibition. Mm-hmm. So it's this this alcoholic drink. We don't know anything about it, but he kind of discovers it, rediscovers it. Kind of like and it reminded me of like the opening to a bad episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there is a really bad episode, one of the worst ones of Buffy, where it's called Beer Good, and they drink beer and it turns them all into cavemen. So like all these cavemen, mm-hmm. you know. Buffy and students yeah. are running across the campus. And I, at this point, thought that's the direction that this movie was going in. Like, oh, <laughs> the the homeless people are going to drink this Viper and it's going to turn them into monsters. Because the cover of the DVD, there's like a monstrous looking, you know, almost like... Yeah, a humanoid. Humanoid sludge yeah, human coming creature. out of... Yeah, creature coming out of the uh, sewer system. And I was like, okay, so this is what it's setting me up for. This movie... Every five minutes, it like introduces like a new plot point, and you're like, <laughs> I'm like halfway through. I was like, what is this even about? And Nate's like, you can't tell, and I'm like, no. And he's like, nobody can tell. <laughs> Script. Yeah. So I mean, it was literally like someone had like some dice, uh, and on each side of the die, there was like a different like plot point or turn, and they just rolled them and like pieced them together to make a right. script. Um. So anyway, the. There's like this kid who's like, there are these two teenagers who are both homeless. um, And one of them is a real POS. And he ends up kind of stealing some of this Viper stuff. But then he gets jumped by like this older, grosser homeless guy. And this older, grosser homeless guy like scuttles off to his section of the junkyard and drinks the Viper. And then we find out what the Viper does to you. It basically just disintegrates you. Yeah, it, it turns you into a multicolored melt sensation. It's like yeah. it's like someone took like a dozen candles that they wanted at the carnival mm-hmm. and smushed them together and rapidly melted them into uh, goop, yeah. basically. Yeah. And so you're like, okay. And then it doesn't, the, the goop doesn't come back to life. It doesn't start attacking people. No, it just, it just it turns just, to goop. You just die. And in you're your like, puddle. okay. So maybe like this whole monster movie thing isn't what this movie is about. And then right after that happens, we're introduced into this, um, like, sort of 
king of the junkyard guy who's like a Vietnam War vet. And then this is where the movie decides that it's going to make light of PTSD. Like, honestly, everything, if you have even the slightest bit of sensitivity to any taboo topic. Yeah. Like, yeah, rape, uh, necrophilia. Oh, I haven't uh, even gotten there, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. sorry. You're getting ahead of me. I was just trying to make like a general list. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Those are some of the worst things. Yeah, I would say that those are some of the worst things. But, you know, just mild anti-Semitism and, you know, racism against black people also. And Chinese people. And Chinese people. Or, or I don't know. Any not sure. Any people, Asian, Asian remember, Japanese. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Women. much like the movie, we also didn't give a shit about we, we, well, I mean, I, that's a, the, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I had such a hard time keeping track of what was going on. I really <laughs> felt like it was, like, emotionally, it was like being in an emergency room because I could not figure out what I could, there were so many awful things happening all at once. My brain couldn't figure out yeah. what to pay attention to. Yeah. And so like, I like there are people who are going to go to watch this, going to watch this movie and they're going to decide when they start watching it. Like I am going to be offended by this movie and you're right. You will, but you, then you'll you, get into it mm-hmm. and it'll be so like confusing that you won't know what to be offended by and then you'll come out of it and you'll be like wow i'm not gonna get that time back which is how i felt so like we we introduced to this character he's a vietnam war vet he's like king of the junkyard and he's doing crazy stuff and then there's like a cop who's introduced who's like investigating a murder because the vietnam vet like murdered a guy on the like, side of the road. I, yeah. I'm not going to get into every little plot point, but then no, there's please some, don't. <laughs> yeah, there's like, it's very confusing. And then there's like, there's a part where like, maybe like a Don, like a mafia Don mm-hmm. is involved and thrown into the mix and, you know, more homeless people drink this stuff. And then there is a horrible scene that like a woman is like drunk and she mistakes like one of these homeless teenagers for her boyfriend. I don't know how that happens. I think more than alcohol had to have been involved. And so he takes her back to his like room that is made out of like disposed tires in the junkyard and they have sex. But then like all of the creepy lecherous homeless dudes who also live in this place basically like take her gang rape her kill her and like this all sounds like oh my god and horrific but it's treated with such like <laughs> like i can't it's, like it's not like, like so complete so casually right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Utter ca- like, it's so casual like that you're like oh my god but yeah it's just treated so casually that it's like it's not like if you're watching like the girl with the dragon tattoo right, and like yes. how intense and like horrible that rape scene is and just how you have to be like oh my gosh and like you need a minute and you're like okay i need to process this that was a really terrible thing to see um but i appreciate this movie because it's very artfully done and then and then like you know you get that sense of revenge a few minutes later or a few scenes later but it's a really horrible thing to watch. This rape and abduction is treated so casually that you're kind of just like, what the fuck? Like, you I, can't even be disturbed because it's like, it, they, it seems so normal in the It's movie. just so utterly ridiculous. So uh, I'll use another carnival comparison. So, you know, like the hammer that you used to hit the, you know, the thing and it like shoots up and rings the bell. Yeah. I like in this movie to like getting hit with that hammer. Like, okay. it's just... The hammer is silly. It's like that clown paint all over it and stripes. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it squeaks, but also it like hits you right in the face. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a pretty good analogy for how you feel because it's it's over. It's like it's uh, bewildering. Yeah. So then, like, but then, like, you do get a sense of revenge because the next morning, through a series of just crazy kind of comical events, one of her, one of the men who raped her, gets his dick cut off. Which they show. <laughs> so like, and then the other homeless people are, and other dudes who raped this girl and other homeless people who didn't rape her start playing keep away with his severed penis. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, a, like a, it's not gruesome. It's almost like a joke penis. Like it's, it's it was, <laughs> it was definitely a dildo that they had on set. Um, or like they had crafted a flat. It wasn't, a, it wasn't, it was flaccid. And they were just like playing keep away with it. And then like this this bum is like running around trying to like get his penis back. And then he finally gets it and he like hails a cab. Somehow a cab is driving through the junkyard and he's like, take me to the hospital, take me to the hospital. And the cabbie's like, ah, fuck you, bum, and drives off. And then the guy with his penis in hand just jumps on the back of a school bus and he's holding onto it screaming, <laughs> wagging his like penis in his hand as the school children just are like screaming and the bus drives away. That's the last you ever see of him. I feel like there there must have been like more than one writer and they were all sat at a table and of course they were all 14 years old. Yeah. And they were like, all right, what's the grossest thing you could think of? Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, oh, what if dude like got his dick cut off? And then they're like, like, okay, what's the next grossest thing you could think of? Well, what if like a bunch of people in the junkyard threw it around and played keep away with his junk? And they're like, what's the next grossest thing? And they're like, well, this homeless lady could grab it and she could try to suck it. And then did that I, happen? I don't know. Like, oh, okay. I, I, there was like a homeless I, I like lady who like tried to grab it. Yeah, or yeah. I, don't, I don't remember. But either way, it's the... It, I saw this movie like probably way too young, like like 17, mm. you know, 15, I don't know, somewhere around there. And uh, yeah, I was like, this movie is a classic because I never saw anybody in a movie play keep away with another man's pain. I got to say, I'm really glad I didn't know like 13 through 24 year old Nathan. <laughs> I'm glad that you got your life mm. together because I would not have liked that guy. That's fair. That's fair. The, but that's not even the worst thing in this movie. I think the worst thing in this movie is the necrophilia. And that's something you don't even see happen. Right. So, like, backing up. And that's not even what this movie is about. I don't actually know what this movie is about. Nobody knows what this movie is about. So, like, so backing up a second. So they've they've taken this girl. They've raped her. They've thrown her body, like, on the banks of what the Hudson. Or I don't even know what river that's supposed to be. Trash Valley. Trash yeah. Valley River. Um... <laughs> I just I just pictured a suburb called Trash Valley River that's inhabited by anthropomorphic raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like that's Fox's new cartoon, <laughs> Trash Valley River. Um, anyway, tune on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, so so then uh, so so she gets thrown up by the side of the river, right? Backing up a little bit, the junkyard is like owned and managed by this horrible horribly grotesque person like imagine like the fattest grossest villain from captain planet or like the current president of the united states if things had not gone as good for him as they did in life just like a fat gross tall huge disgusting man in his like sweating probably smells like meat um and like cigarette 
residue. Uh, and he owns this place. But he has, like, a staff of people who work in the junkyard for him. And, like, I guess his secretary is, like, this very small, petite woman who she's involved in the story because she kind of was, like, helping look after some of these, like, homeless people who are teenagers, right? Anyway, so there's, like, a scene that happens where he's kind of chasing her around his office and, like, I guess playfully, like, flirting with her, but it looks like assault. Like yeah, I mean, maybe it's, it's definitely it's assault, by right? Today's he, standards, it is definitely. I a, think by 1987 standards, it was assault. Like he's like grabbing her boobs, uh-huh. grabbing her butt, and she's like, "No, no, please stop, leave me yeah. alone." But like you can tell for the movie, they're trying to play it up like it's fun and playful. But as like a third party watching it, you're like, "Oh God!" Yeah. Like you just hope that if aliens came down to this planet, this is not the movie they saw. Like oh, and then so like. You know, she finally like gets away from him and she's like, you leave me alone. And, you know, and he's like, ah, you'll be back. And, blah, blah, blah. you know, like it's supposed to seem very like Harry and Ozzyet or, or not Harry and Ozzyet, Ozzy and Harriet. Harriet. But like, you know, like to the moon. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. um, Or uh, anyway. So so she goes and she leaves and then he but he's still like riled up. Like, I guess he's horny. And, uh, you know, he's leaving his office and he's walking, he's grumbling to himself and he's like, oh, these homeless pricks in my junkyard, blah, blah. And he's like walking. Of which there's like thousands, by the Thousands, with like, yeah. They're, they're like built their own houses yeah. in his they, junkyard. There's a whole city, yeah, in this junkyard. And um, so whatever, he finds himself down and he like sees over like on the on the banks and he thinks he sees a woman and he like walks down there. And he sees it closer, and it's like a naked, dead woman, a corpse, <laughs> yeah. laying on the banks of the river, yeah. just a corpse. She's butt up in the air. I uh, can't see her face. And then it cuts to him, and you can kind of see like a look in his eye, and he raises his eyebrow and kind of strokes his beard, and he's like, hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, Nathan. <laughs> oh, no, he's not. No, tell me. that. No, I don't want to watch this anymore. Then cut to the scene where the good dude gets his dick chopped off, and they're playing keep away. Right before that, Nate's like, that's not even the worst part of this movie. I'm like, necrophilia is not the worst part of this movie. I guess you thought that having your dick cut off yeah, and thrown around yeah. would be worse than someone sleeping with uh, or raping a dead body. And then, allegedly. like, uh, uh, allegedly, because we never <laughs> see it. We never see it happen. But yeah. then what we do see happen is, like, dude gets his dick cut off, drives off on the school bus. And then, like, the next scene is, is that the cop who was introduced earlier in the movie comes around and and uh, the 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 guy who owns the junkyard is like, oh, could they tell who like you know killed raped this girl? And the cops like, well, l- you know, looked like there are about four or five different you know semen specimens from there, which like there's no way they could tell that like just a, you know whatever. Yeah, like right. we have to suspend disbelief a lot. And and then <laughs> like, the thank God, movie. thank God. And then so, but then he's like, but we can tell that one of them definitely had syphilis. And then you just see like the the big fat junkyard owner being like, ooh, like reckoning with the fact that he now probably has syphilis from fucking this dead corpse. Yeah. He does adjust his his jock. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. And then the movie goes on from there. So if this sounds like something you'd like, never be friends with me. <laughs> I wanted like my time back. I you know I've never wanted my time back more. The only reason I continue to watch it is because I was getting some level of enjoyment uh-huh. from looking over at you and seeing you laugh at the look on my face. <laughs> like my disgust and horror was bringing you some sort of delight. And that's why I put up with it. I think, uh, 
Yeah, maybe it's it's not so much that like I enjoy personally watching these movies, but like I enjoy subjecting other humans to them. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. That's okay. I'll take that. There's something matter with you. You know, everybody's got to have one. You know, that's that. Like I've I've never made you I've never made you watch Cannibal Holocaust. I would never watch Cannibal. No, Holocaust. I know I know you wouldn't, but it's like. You know, I, I don't know. I guess it's, I don't, I don't advocate the behavior in the movies. Like, and you'd have to be dumb to think that were the case. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're just crude, disgusting, crass, fucked up movies. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, it's like there is no person on the planet who isn't a sociopath that would not find this movie offensive. Mm-hmm. This movie is offensive to every person. The tagline on the movie, I believe, is um, just when you thought you'd seen it all. So to some degree, it was likely a very intentional. Like, yeah. it, I think uh, there's no story. There's really no plot. No. It's But I will say, I think fans of horror, fans of that certain sub- exploitation, exploit, you know, sub that subculture, I think will like it. And uh, if you've not seen it before and you fall into that, then you're kind of maybe missing out on like a body horror classic. I don't know, but <laughs> I'll never watch it again. No, and that's fair. You shouldn't have to, but I, I appreciate you doing it. And essentially because in fact, I would even go so far as to treat this DVD like a gun. Like if we ever had a small child in our house, I think we should lock, lock it, it away up. so that they never accidentally no, see it. No, I don't lock up movies. Okay. I don't lock up books either. All right. Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, I'm not a parent yet, so I can I can say that I'm get away with it. Um, <laughs> but because yeah, for other reasons, but mostly because you had the wherewithal to sit through this entire movie, I kind of just like threw myself on my sword. You know, I think you were like, "Hey, can we watch Monsters Inc.?" And I was like, "Yep, yeah, we can," because I knew I was just like. But, Nate, there's no universe where the amount of emotional turmoil I went through to watch Street Trash is anywhere close to, like, the patience you had to exert to watch Monsters, Inc. But I was like, yeah, no problem. In fact, would you say you enjoyed Monsters, Inc.? I mean, it was cute. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't something that I would willingly sit through a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cute, you know, it was, it was fun and it was, uh, why don't you tell the folks at home just a brief summary? So it's about, most people have seen it. It's about, uh, under kids beds are monsters, but like not not under the beds in the closets are monsters, but like their doorways to like the monster world and the monster world is, is powered by children's screams and there's, um, John Goodman's a monster and Billy Crystal's a monster and, um, they're like the best monster team. They get the most screams and they work for monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's another monster who's voiced by Steve Buscemi and he's like, Randall. yeah, I don't, I don't remember their names, but I'll, I'll just okay. throw them out there. So, so Randall is like the number two, trying to be number one monster in the organization. And, um, He's like doing some cheating and and like going into closets like during the off time and John Goodman's monster finds out or fi- finds this little kid and finds out that like Randall's doing like things he shouldn't be doing and um 
you know, all kinds of chaos ensues because apparently children are like, like they're awful, like nuclear waste. Yeah, they're toxic. Yeah, Yeah. like you you can't have them in the monster world because they'll break everything, which totally isn't true. Um, And just chaos ensues. There's little kid running around and monsters and um, lots of doors. And um, in the end, the monsters, the good, the good monsters save the day and our energy is switched from um, screams to something else, mm-hmm. a, a more renewable resource, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was a, you know, pretty standard, like three act film, mm-hmm. um, Pixar, you know, 3D animation type of deal. And uh, so do you want to know like what my, the the thing I found the most interesting about the movie, and it's going to sound like the silliest, dumbest thing. Tell me. Um, The monster that John Goodman plays, uh, that character's Sully? Hair. Yeah. Like the fur. I was most impressed with his fur. Yeah. You like like, see individual hair moving. That fur looks so good. Yeah. They did a great job with Mm -hmm. that fur. Yeah, especially like when they go to like the colder, like windier place and you can see it like moving in the snow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good movie. Um, it was, uh, you know, and uh, I said I, I'd probably never watch it again, but that's not true. I'd, I'd probably watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't bad. It was a little, it was a little too like cutesy for my taste, a little too saccharine, but, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a bad movie and it wasn't like a Disney sing along. So, you know, in that regard, I can get over myself. Right. But, but, yeah, uh, yeah, I I liked it. Cool. Good. Yeah, I think, uh, so the reason why I like that movie so much, it's probably my favorite Pixar movie. I don't think it's, like, the best, but it's definitely, like, my favorite Mm -hmm. because um, I saw it in the theaters with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was, I think I was, was definitely not in high school anymore. I think I was in college. But uh, my grandma and I took my cousin to see it when he was little. And I just remember it really being a special day because for whatever reason, like my grandma never went to the movies and she said it was the first time she went to the movies in like 20 years. Hmm. So she was like, like it was the first time she'd seen a movie in the theater in like 20 years. Yeah. So she was like, oh, so good. And she liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a, it was a good movie. Um, the, whoever voiced the, Spider, uh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. He's who like it was. an he's like an older actor. Um, I can't remember his name either. I'll have to look it up. But uh, like he sounds so much like John Goodman. I thought John Goodman voiced both of the characters. I thought the Spider character, uh-huh. like John Goodman, was doing like a lower voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was good. Um, it was a little weird though because like all of the characters in the movie, like all the voice actors, uh-huh. are so like well known visually. Mm-hmm. Like I almost had a hard time not seeing them as their actors. You know, James Coburn. Yeah, James Coburn. He he used to do like westerns and stuff. He's an older actor. He's got one of like those low like gravelly voices. But I thought it was John Goodman doing oh, a low voice. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I recognize him now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, John Goodman. John Goodman is good in like almost everything yeah. John Goodman does. Yeah, he's uh he's one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites too. Uh he's a I think I mean I watched Roseanne a lot growing up mm-hmm. and then The Big Lebowski and um 
Yeah, so he's he's great. I love John Goodman. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else to add. Yeah. Uh, well, I th- that's only I think the second Pixar movie I've ever seen. What's the first? Toy Story. You've seen Finding Nemo though, right? That's not a Pixar. That's yeah, it a, is. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was a. Di- well, okay, yeah. Then I have seen Finding Nemo. Okay, I thought that was just like a standard Disney movie. So I don't even know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm trash. You're not trash. So, but speaking of Disney movies, we yeah. have been watching a lot on Disney Plus recently. Uh, we've watched, I'd say, probably half of the Marvel movies that are on I, there. We've watched more than half, I would believe. You think? Let yeah. Me look at, I, let I me think, look at my spreadsheet. I I think we only have. Um, Black Panther. We've watched 13. Yeah. 13. So we can't watch either of the Spider-Man movies. I don't know if you folks listening knew this or not, but the Spider-Man movies aren't on Disney Plus because Sony sucks fat ones. Yeah. They um, they co-own Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So like if Spider-Man yeah. is in a Marvel movie yeah. that is not his movie, it can be on Disney Plus. Yeah. But if it's starring Spider Man, if he's the focal point, then Sony co owns it and it can't be on Disney I Plus. I believe this is the same reason why they're not making Hulk Hogan movies or Hulk Hogan. Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Thank God they're not making Hulk Hogan movies. Like there's the demographic of people who would be interested in that is so hey, is, brother. Is, is so small. <laughs> <laughs> I think I believe this is why they're not making Hulk Hogan movies. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because Sony owns Hulk Hogan. No, uh, <laughs> maybe. No, the so the Incredible Vince Hulk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Vince McMahon, brother. Uh, anyways, <laughs> wow, it's like you just had like Tourette's. <laughs> Vince McMahon, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think Universal owns the rights to. Hulk movies, mm-hmm. but the Hulk character can be in any Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's like additionally in those movies, but they're not making new universals. Oh, I'm, I was wrong. We've watched 14. Hmm. So um, all three Iron Mans, mm-hmm. all the Captain Americas, yeah, uh, all three Thors, yep. Doctor Strange, yep. both Guardians. Mm-hmm. And the first Ant-Man. Yeah. So we have um, Black Panther, Ant-Man 2, and two Avengers movies. Ooh. Is there anything else besides that? I think that's There's all. Like the- four left. Besides the two Spider-Mans, which we can't, we can't watch. watch no, I think that's all of we them. We don't want to pay for them. Yeah. I have to say, I, I have a ranking here, and uh, I don't know. Well, uh, give me, uh, by your ranking, your top three in reverse order. Three, two, one. My top three in reverse order. Yeah. Well, I haven't accounted for Thor three. Okay, where would that fit? Account now. Uh, okay. While you wait, I'll just mumble and talk. Are you ready? Okay, three, two, one. Yeah, yeah. Right now, number three mm-hmm. is Guardians of the Galaxy one, mm-hmm. followed by Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange comes in at number two, uh-huh. and I think the reason why Doctor Strange ranks so high for me. Is because it's very like sciencey and yeah. magicy, yeah. which is also the reason why I really like the Thor movies. Here's the secret: what? There's no magic in the Marvel universe. It's all science. It's all science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's because it's very sciencey, but also I think that Doctor Strange, that character arc, yeah. is where you see the most change yeah. from someone being a complete jag off to being a superhero it is a it is a really underrated in the marvel universe and and i think on a second watch like i don't it's not number two for me but on the second watch 
it is much higher than the first one. And it's just so visually stimulating. Yeah. And I have to say, like, the first time I saw it was two years ago when we lived in our itty-bitty baby apartment. And I remember wanting to keep the volume low because I didn't want to, like, you know, piss off our neighbors. And then we watched it this time and, like, a little bit bigger TV, and I was able to have the volume up a little more, and that made a huge difference. And I am kind of think, like, I would like to rent out a theater because you can rent out a, like a whole movie theater for like a hundred bucks or something and like watch a movie and have like social distance and stuff. I was like, Oh, I would love to like rent out a theater and maybe watch Dr. Strange or another Marvel movie that I never got to see in theaters mm-hmm. in theaters. I think that'd be fun. But yeah. anyway, so Dr. Strange would be number two. And then my number one so far of the ones we've watched mm-hmm. is Captain America Civil War. That's that's a, uh, because a respectable top three. I think that that one would be my favorite because, again, you get all of the Avengers pretty much mm-hmm. there, but you have a lot of like character dynamics and turmoil. But also that one just felt the most like reading a comic book. Yeah, like it was definitely like a movie, but it was the most like all of the comic books yeah. and comic book posters you see growing up as a kid. Like it just felt. Amazing. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Yeah. So, Guardians of the Galaxy one, Doctor Strange, <clears throat> Captain America: Civil War is my yeah. number one. Also, I think uh, Ant Man is uh, the first Ant Man is pretty underrated. I think on, on a second watch, I enjoyed it a lot better than the first time. Um, Here's what I'll say though about about both Ant Man and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I think if they weren't associated with the Marvel universe, if they weren't part of pushing that story forward. I don't think they ever could have gotten made. Hmm. I don't know that they were, they could have. Doctor Strange could stand alone, but I'm just surprised Doctor Strange hasn't had another movie yet because it's really good. Well, it's just a phase thing, but also I think we're really far behind because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's <clears throat> at least one, probably two Marvel movies that were held back and didn't come out this year. Well, so. and then <clears throat> for Black Panther, I don't know if they ever got to finish the. Yeah, if, I, don't, if, I don't know. Before we'll he passed away, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that sucks. It does suck. There's been a lot of like crappy things this year, but also it's not as bad as it could have been because I'm currently reading a book now. I'm listening to it on tape uh, called Dark Matter by uh, an author named Blake Crouch, and it's a sci-fi book about mm-hmm. – um, like it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, – I told you Michael Crichton. I was talking mm-hmm. about this earlier. Yeah. Um, it's really good and it, it's kind of, it's not time travel, but it's kind of like multi, like it's all about the multiverse. Yeah. There's like a, a physics professor who um, has some interesting research and just like a bunch of crazy stuff happens. I'm going to talk about it more on my YouTube channel in a couple of weeks, but there's like a part in there where there's an alternate reality he visits that's like if COVID were a hundred times worse, like, like, multitudes worse than it is mm-hmm. and like what that would be like and i'm just like this is terrible but this is not as bad as it could have been like yeah it's pretty scary actually i had to turn it off and like do something else because it was like freaking me out so our homework for the next two weeks mm. is battle tech okay our next episode okay is going to be with a guest okay and at some point you're watch is doing so maybe got an email or something but uh at some point in the next two weeks i'm going to have to learn the game and then we're gonna have to try to play it okay and can then, two people play it 
I don't know. We'll find out. I assume. <laughs> okay, so you actually, I've I played BattleTech when I was like fourteen, and I played it with another person. Did so. you like it when you were fourteen? I mean, it was like I roll dice, I move a thing, bombs go off. Yeah, so I think. Did I you think like it, it more or less than Street Trash when you were fourteen? I don't think they were on the same level. No, okay. no, right. I, I I don't think I actually saw Street Trash when I was fourteen. I was a little bit older than that. I, mm. I wasn't additionally mature. Okay. So, but I, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, yeah. So if you're into BattleTech, into that kind of jobby, and you want to hear us talk with another person about nerdy stuff, uh, we'll be back next week. And we'll talk about that in two weeks, because next week is not two weeks, uh, the eighth. So, all right. All right. Thank you all for listening. If you don't know, we both have YouTube channels. Go watch them. If you don't know, we both appear on other podcasts sometimes. Uh, I have one called 2D10. And if you did know, that's cool. Let other people know. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't need this. Are you tired of the same old routine? My wife. My Busting baby. your hump. And getting nowhere. This just ain't my day. The boss, is he always on your back? The Zamaniac belongs in your chair, not in your lap, which is where you keep trying to put it. You bastard! The wife, you know, and the kids. Is that right? They never listen. I hate to see them pissing life away in them goddamn computers. Do you ever feel like forgetting the whole thing? I think I got it easy? Well, now you can. I'm talking about life! Drop out. Join the ranks of the few, the filthy. Shh.